scaling down this a la San Martin, but not in a way. <laughs> Welcome to Hand of Pod. Um, as usual, I'm Sam Kelly, and apart from the pastry, the pastry that you can probably hear me talking through, I'm sitting here in my flat with Australian Dan. Good evening. Daniel Colasimone, as he makes clear, he prefers to be called when we last recorded. And by the wonders of the internet, this week we're joined by Chilean journalist Cecilia Lagos. Hello, Cecilia. Hello, Sam. Hello, Dan. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Very well, thanks. How are things in Chile? Yeah, I'm greeting you. I'm saying hello. I'm saying hello from Santiago de Chile. It's uh, five. Oh no, I can. No, I can. I can say the hour, right? I can say the time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Can I? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> we're recording this. Yeah, it's Friday, and here's one hour less. So it's five p.m. and forty-three minutes. Five hundred three, and we have we are we still have um, natural light. I don't think you have natural light there. Oh. Yeah, that's something I will never understand. But whatever. <laughs> I imagine it's probably colder there than in Italy. Yeah, absolutely colder. It's always colder here. Even when you think and say that <laughs> Buenos Aires is cool and and, and no, and you're uh, freezing, but no, believe me. You will be, yeah. You will be facing here. As, as a Northern European, that's something I've never said about Buenos Aires, but um, no, maybe it's something that I said. Yeah, it's something that Dan occasionally mentions, and certainly the locals like to. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah way, that's true. A way of introduction, Ceci, could you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, what you do in there in Chile, your, your radio program? Tell us what, how you're involved in, in football journalism. Well, um, it's. Uh, I will try to make a long story short. I started really, really little when I was. 11, I really knew I wanted to be a journalist. Probably at that time, maybe a little, yeah, before, probably everything started with Spain, uh, the, the, the World Cup of Spain 82, and everyone was talking about uh, Carlos Caselli's penalty kick. Now he missed the, the penalty kick, and everyone was speaking about that. And all I could hear here in Chile was the word penalty kick, penalty kick. So, okay, I was five years old, and I said to myself, what the hell is penalty kick? So I started watching the game, and then I just came to the conclusion myself, totally alone, that a penalty was something that happened when a gentleman fell nearby, you know, the... Um, the goalkeeper. Has to be a so, gentleman. <laughs> yeah, a, a gentleman. Yeah, a gentleman. Or just a guy. You know, things that you articulate. Yeah, the things you articulate when you are five years old. <laughs> and then, well, I just uh, my curiosity grew up. Then I chose my team, uh, Universidad Católica, and then I started uh, hearing hearing the games on the radio and watching them on TV. And then I really started being a, a fan, but more than a fan. It's something that I felt in, in my blood, in my veins, it's something that drives me 
uh, it's, it's like a driving force, it's like a driving energy, it's something I couldn't explain. And then I d when I was 11, I decided I want to be a football journalist. And uh, I, I never wanted anything else. And that's uh, what I became, and, and now uh, I have a, a radio show, actually, I should say we have, because we are four women doing this football radio show here in Chile, which is totally unique. It's the first and the, the, the one and only a radio show that, that dedicated to football, and uh, it's totally done by women. And we are not talking about uh, how handsome or how hot and sexy are the players. No, no we talk about, yes, we talk about football seriously, just as you do there in Hand of God. Uh -huh, so, yeah, so that's uh, a bit of an introduction. Yeah. Just tell us, while we're doing your little introduction, tell us um, briefly which, which team you support there in Chile. I support Universidad Católica. So we are called the Cruzados, something like the Crusaders and um, that runs in my blood. I mean, it's not something that uh, I inherited from my family, I just chose it, and it's in my heart, in my blood, in my veins, and in my soul. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, yeah. Tell us briefly how you, why, why you chose that? Well, probably I started choosing it first when um, I was like six or seven years old because I liked the, the, the shirt, <laughs> the t-shirt, the colors of the t-shirt. That's the first thing. And then I started uh, realizing that the uh, Universidad Católica was always uh, fighting for something important, uh, whether uh, it Copa Libertadores or um, the, the, the tournament, the national tournament. So it was always uh, in the top places of the, of the championship. So that, that's why I, I chose it. I mean, I don't know. Just Then I realized that it was a good team. <laughs> right, right. Thankfully, yeah. All right, so should we start talking about uh, Chile? And I don't know, tell us a little bit about um, perhaps, I guess a lot of us were extremely impressed by Chile in, in the World Cup under Bielsa. Yeah. So um, perhaps tell us a little bit about, uh, well, obviously there's a new coach now, Borghi, uh, another Argentinian. But I don't know, tell us a bit about how, what, what, what can we see different about Chile, how they've changed in that time, what, we, what can we expect from them in, in this Copa America? Well, it's really difficult because we had a, a terrible crisis uh, before Bielsa left. Uh, it was uh, all generated by conflicts and deep, horrible conflicts uh, within the Federation. Oh, I thought that only happened in Argentina. Oh, no, my God, no. I mean, I, I bet that many Argentinians would like to be, I mean, would, would love to have this kind of conflict since uh, they have elections and they have candidates. I mean, we have elections and candidates. There in Argentina, we know that Grandona is running the AFA for 34, 35 years. Exactly. But yeah, but no, the the here the um the presidents of the federation they 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 run terms of four years and then if they do it well they could be um, reelected and uh, we had Harold Maynikos which uh, who who is also um, a FIFA official he's in charge or he was in charge of the gold project and he had this uh, wonderful experience working for FIFA. And then he came and did a lot of good things for um, national football, especially for the adult national team. And uh, that's how Bielsa uh, came here. He hired Bielsa. Right. And uh, basically Bielsa changed the mentality of the Chilean player. And he changed also through the players and through the way 
that the Chilean team was playing uh, in the qualifying um, in the, in the, in the um, World Cup qualifiers and then in the World Cup itself. Um, for the first time in our history, we felt that we had a winner team. Mm. I don't know, a, a winner spirit. It was... We, we, it was Chile's highest ever finish in, in the qualifying table, was it not? Uh, well, yes, yes, that, that's true. We came uh, second after, um, was it Brazil? Yeah, Brazil. And, and then we had the best World Cup campaign after 1962, when we organized the World Cup and we ended up as third, right. the third um, team of the world. But then after that, it was failure after failure. And then, if you know the, the story, in for the qualifiers of uh, Italia 90, uh, we had this big, terrible scandal with Roberto Rojas, who cut himself in Brazil to try to take some advantage, mm -hmm. some sports advantage. And then we were suspended for, for eight years. I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't even play the qualifiers for uh, the U.S. Right. And then, and then we could also, I mean, we we just could came uh, come back for um, uh, for France, and that was uh, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was just the same result as we had in in South Africa, were eliminated by Brazil in the second round. But um, the thing is that the spirit we saw in these players, the spirit we saw in this team with Bielsa and the kind of game we saw, it was totally different. The, the, the whole country was super illusioned, the whole country was proud and the whole country really felt that this, this team could do something big. Finally, it couldn't, it didn't, but the spirit, we felt it was totally different. So for the first time, we, are, we feel capable, we feel capable of doing big things. Because we are always dealing with the tragedy, with tragedy and bad luck. We are always receiving the last-minute goal. We always miss the penalty kicks, and the referee always steals steals us something. It's 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 always it, it, it's a long, long story of tragedy. But for the first time, we we felt that we could play better than the uh, than the rivals, and and especially Spain. We had we had them there. Right. And if we lost the game, it was because of Claudio Bravo, basically. He made a terrible mistake. And, but other than that, I think that the game would have been a draw, probably. Yeah, I think most people agree that was probably one of Spain's toughest games in the whole competition. And, and Chile was very unlucky to come up, come up against the eventual champions. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, Chile was the last country to score a goal against the champions of the world. Yep. So uh, and when the, well the, then Bielsa uh, saw this uh, new people coming, uh, he has his his ideals. He's a very uh, romantic, idealistic uh, man. He's very very special. You all know that. Mm -hmm. And uh, he didn't want to accept working with this new people that was elected. And basically he said, okay, if this new guy uh, results the new president of the federation. And saying goodbye, and that's what happened. So he was supposed to to be the coach, the, the Chilean coach, until 2014. Actually, 2015, yeah. and he should be still our coach nowadays. But then, well, he resigned, he left, and 
we were in the need, in a terrible and urgent need, in January to find a new coat. And that's how, after a lot of smoke, <laughs> after all the things that also Bielsa uh, denounced, because he said lots of things about the the directors of the clubs and the, 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 directors, the directors of the federation and the new president and the new people running the federation. He said terrible things. He exposed terrible things. So we all thought, okay, who is going to want to come here? Nobody will want to come here to take Chile with this, kinds, well, with this kind of guys running the federation. But then, well, you see... Um, Water runs, the time runs, and some things are forgotten. Yeah. And then Claudio Borghi just accepted the job, and here we are. And can you, um, we're obviously aware, living in Argentina and covering the football here, uh, what Borghi's done, particularly in the last year, uh, having won the, mm -hmm. the Torneo Clausura 2010 with Argentinos Juniors, yeah. and then having really a kind of mix of bad luck and perhaps just being too much of a nice guy to be Boca Juniors manager. Can you explain for us why he's, even before taking the national team job, why he was already such a popular kind of cult figure in Chile? Well, Claudio Borghi played here in Chile. He played for Colo Colo. He was a very, very important player here in Colo Colo. He won championships. He has several titles with Colo Colo as a player. And then he um, raised his family here. He has Chilean children, and even though he had moved to Argentina again, his whole family or, or most of his family members were, were uh, living here in Chile, so he was basically back and forth, back and forth, coming to Chile and going to Argentina, because his family was living here. Yeah. So he's a Chile, he's, he's half Chilean too. Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't have the papers, he doesn't have the, green, the Chilean green card yet, <laughs> I mean the, 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 the citizenship, but uh, he's, he's also Chilean. And then he uh, took the job as a Colo Colo coach. And he was five times champion of the national tournament here in Chile. And he coached uh, Suazo, uh, Fernandez, uh, Alexis Sanchez, uh, Arturo Vidal. So all the big stars of the national team today were his pupils yeah. in Colo Colo. And he made them play wonderfully. Uh, he was five times champion in a row, so he was pentachampion, and um, that's why he's really loved and he's really con well considered, uh, well known as a player and as a coach because all of his uh, story with Colo Colo, especially, he also uh, was a coach of uh, Audax Italiano. Uh, he didn't do that. That I mean, it wasn't a, a bad thing, but he wasn't as. Uh, he didn't have a, an, an, an outstanding performance as in Colo Colo. But then all that resume behind of this the story with Colo Colo basically um, made, him, made him land the job here in, in Chile. And uh, do the Chileans expect him to, to continue Bielsa's kind of style and, and, and I don't know, uh, format for the Chilean team? Or do you, do you see him changing things around? Have you, have you noticed any changes in the way he approaches the the tactics and, uh, and the formation and things like that? Well, uh, we felt that Bielsa spoiled us a lot. Uh, we, we, he made us a spoiled kids with the beautiful game that he um, could, um, how would I say, imprint in, in our national team. Uh, the thing is that, of course, Borgi is a different guy, he's a different coach, uh, he thinks differently. 
we were super uh, pleased and, and happy uh, seeing our national team playing like Bielsa, super vertical, super um, quick and, and, and fast. And we were, we were really proud to see this Chilean team always looking um, to score, always trying to score. And even though that uh, probably would left us exposed uh, in our uh, defense, but the, the things that, yeah, we were super used to that. We, we got used to that uh, special play, a, a special way to play. But Borgi is different. And in the two, uh, under the Borgi management, we've only had two friendly games with Portugal and Colombia. The one with Portugal was a draw, 1-1. One, one. And the, the, the game with uh, Colombia, we won... Uh, I can remember like 3-1 or 3-0 or something like that or 2-0. But it was a really, um, it was a big difference. And what we saw there was, uh, well, you have to think that Borgi, is, it's been the national team uh, manager and coach for six months, while Bielsa was four years. So Bielsa in the beginning didn't have a good start either. And actually Bielsa, I think that, he had a worse start because he his first uh, his first game he lost it with Switzerland, uh, an example. And the qualifiers, uh, the first the very first game against Argentina, he lost it there uh, 2-0 with two goals of Roman Riquelme. And uh, but Borgi, Borgi in in his first two uh, games he had a win. And a draw, so that that was that was really good. He's a bit more cautious. Probably uh, he likes having the ball a lot more. He's not that vertical. They try to you know to maintain possession, and then yeah, when they have the opportunity, they go forward. Right. Instead of Bielsa, who's always going forward, forward, forward. So perhaps yeah, a, a more traditional. It's a bit. Identity. It's a bit slower. The game, the, the, the game that Borgi showed in these first two games, which is really very, very little, and I don't think it's enough, of course, to, to, to sentence his style with this uh, national team, but uh, it was much uh, slower, and sometimes it could, it could be a bit confusing, um, a bit lost. But we are in a transition. Right. We need we need much to we need to see much more of Borges' style and Borges work with the national team. We are having two more friendlies right now in June in June I'm sorry, with uh, Estonia and Paraguay in June 19th and June the 23rd. So we're going to see a little bit more of what he's doing right now. Yeah, a little bit, but not much, right? No, not much, not much. I don't think it's enough. Right. He's been he's been he's been in the uh, he's been in the bench only for six months. So you prefer them to play more warm up games or? Uh, on one hand, I think it would have been better, but on the other hand, we know that the most of our players they are in Europe. They have a very very tough schedule. They have uh, most of them are playing uh, Europa, um, I mean Europe League, or no, I don't think. Uh, yeah, a couple of them were uh, played uh, champions besides their national uh, tournament, the, 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 the national uh, championship in their in their countries. So it was really difficult. And actually, this is the second time 
that uh, Borg is going to have them all together. Yeah. And in the meantime, they are having injuries. So, an example, Swaso, he's uh, having a shoulder problem for months, and we didn't know if he was going to make it for Copa America this is until he. David Swaso, yeah. No, 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 and no, uh, it's Umberto Swaso. I, I always get confused between the uh, the yeah. one and the Chilean one. <laughs> I forget which is. Yeah, no. Now this is Umberto Suazo, he plays in Monterrey, Mexico. Mm -hmm. he, he's an idol, he's having a great, great, great um, campaign in, in, in Mexico. This year, he wasn't the champion, but he was the last champion before he lost his championship in Monterrey. And he was a top scorer, he was the Capo Canyonero in, in Mexico too. And he's a super, super star there in Mexico. In, in South Africa, he couldn't make it because he was injured. Right. And he was our only, only, only striker left because all of the rest w w were injured too. So we are lacking of um, number nines. Yeah. We almost don't have any. Mauricio Pinilla, now he also uh, retired. He also uh, said he wasn't going to come for Copa America. And he, he said, okay, I'll pass this time because I'm not physically... Uh, in shape, although there is another story because Luis Jimenez, who's called El Mago, uh, he made his comeback to the to the national team too. He had quit the, the national team many many years ago under Nelson Acosta as a coach, and he said, "I won't play for the national team anymore." But now Borghi called him again, and after many years, he's um, he's playing for Chile again, but he has a problem, a personal conflict with Pinilla. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if you have, if you know that, that story, because Luis Jimenez's wife cheated on him with Mauricio Pinilla. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, it, it's terrible. So now... This is verging on English national side. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Scandal. scandal. Absolutely. It's like an Amelie Tuzio affair. It's like the Terry... I can remember the other guy's name. <laughs> It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So the bad thing is that that became a national scandal because that was uh, learned by the whole country within a few hours after that happened. And it's called the Lion King scandal. Oh. <laughs> the Lion King because when Mauricio Pinilla and Luis Jimenez's wife were asked about what they were doing because <laughs> the, Luis Jimenez was in Italy while his wife was here in Chile visiting uh, <laughs> relatives, supposedly, allegedly, you see, and they saw her uh, SUV outside Mauricio Pinilla's uh, building, and then they saw her coming down, you see, um, and, and, and riding her SUV at 4 a.m. or whatever. Oh, my God. And, yes, they got her with the cell phone or whatever, and, of course, this became a national scandal, and then they were asked about this, and oh, oh, we were doing nothing. We're we were, we friends. We were, we were just watching the Lion King together. <laughs> oh, wow. And and that was the answer. So of course no one believed him, and that's how the scandal was called the Lion King scandal. So now everyone is saying that Mauricio Pinilla didn't want to come here because he didn't want to share. The, the, the dressing room oh, yeah, with which he managed because it's a really, really hideous um, situation. Besides the official version that says that Palermo didn't allow Pinilla to come because he wasn't physically in shape. Aside from these players, we're wondering 
we've had a request in fact from English Dan who who couldn't make the recording this evening. We were wondering whether you could tell us something about the the role that Alexis Sanchez plays in the side because probably most of our listeners in Europe certainly a lot in England at the moment because he's been linked with Manchester United among other clubs will uh, will be most familiar with his name from, from the Chilean side what kind of role does he play for Chile? Well um, Alexis Sanchez I think he's bound to play a wonderful I mean a big big huge role but I don't think he's still as key and fundamental as he could be in the national team. I think, on the other hand, that Borgi, because he had it in Colo Colo, and he was champion five times with Borgi in that Colo Colo, and he was a key uh, player in that Colo Colo that Borgi coached, um, I think he's going to have a major role in this and in this national team, and he's going to have a major role in the team in Copa America. The thing is that Borgi has this special quality and he makes he brings out the most and the best of his players in Colo Colo especially example Matias Hernandez he wasn't doing much in Portugal he wasn't doing much in the national team with Bielsa he was a bit like he had uh, fallen asleep mm-hmm. that uh, he didn't have like blood running mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't focused in the first two games Focus, with Borgi. Yeah, in the first two games with Borgi, he scored two goals through free kick. After six years of not scoring a goal at all in the national team. Right. So you see, Borgi has that uh, special uh, condition that makes him uh, take the best of his players. So I think that Alexis Sanchez is going to definitely be a star in the national team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we are we are just assembling the pieces. Right. We are just assembling the pieces. So I I cannot say. I mean, we are expecting him yeah. to shine along with Isla, along with um, Fernandez, along with everyone, along with Gary Medel. I'm sure that he's going to receive a lot of fouls and whatever. But that's because he's so talented, and I'm sure that Borg is going to make him shine. He's going to polish him wonderfully. Okay. Um. So, having uh, like as you said, it's going to be. Uh, I mean, even maybe Chileans themselves are not sure what kind of level their team is going to be at. But no. look at your group, for example. You've got Mexico, Peru, and Uruguay, I believe. Yeah. Mexico, of yeah. course, will be effectively an under twenty-three side. Yes. Yes. So uh, I would assume that you 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 can see yourselves qualifying from that group to start with. Yeah. Well, we see us. Uh, we see ourselves um, qualifying for the second round, but we know it's not going to be easy. First of all, Uruguay, we all know, they're fourth of the world and they have a great level in clubs and as a national team too. I mean, we can never we can never think and, and or feel that Uruguay is going to be easy. Even though for the qualifiers for South Africa, we, uh, the two games were a draw. Yeah. Two and two in... Um, in Montevideo and 0-0 here in Santiago. But in example, Peru. Peru, you can say, okay, yeah, it's a piece of cake. But watch out, because Peru is another thing now under Marcarian's management. And Marcarian was 
uh, working here in Chile with Universidad de Chile, who was uh, a semi-finalist of the Libertadores Cup last year. So it wasn't under his management, but anyway, he perfect he perfectly knows the Chilean football. Yeah. So it's not going to be easy. Uh, Mexico, even though it's an under-23 team, we all know that Mexico, it's always a challenge. And of course, Uruguay. So the, the, the players and Borgi are saying, okay, watch out, be cautious. We don't want to uh, be really illusioned about this, this team. Some of them say, in example, Borgi has said that he rather go for uh, Brazil 2014 and he rather go for the qualifiers, trying to do a great performance there. And let's see what happens in Copa America. And some players are saying, okay, we want to go and win Copa America. Right. So we have these two positions and uh, we don't really know what's going to happen because we are also aware, super aware, that this change from Bielsa to Borgi is not an advantage at all. It sounds fairly similar yeah. to the attitude that we're hearing in Argentina where Sergio yes. is insisting that the main thing is preparing for the World Cup and you've got yeah. players... Lionel Messi, most notably in, in Les Acer, a couple of days ago when he landed, uh, flying back into the country saying, no, no, we, I, I want to add this to, to my trophy cabinet now. Well, I was even going to say all the teams, you're getting this mixed message from a lot of them, yeah. whereas uh, yeah, somebody will be saying, well, no, we, we're, we're focusing on the World Cup in 2014, but, uh, you know, and then someone else will come out and say, yeah, we want to win this tournament. Yeah, the, thing that, the, the, the main thing is that our players come from Europe. And, of course, they play in a very, very competitive environment. And they are really, really great players. So they, they are not seeing themselves as, as um, just to play and see what happens. They are hungry for winning something because they know they can win something. Because they have the attitude, they have uh, the, 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 the quality, they have talent to do it and they know they can play well because this team the base almost all of them most of the of the of the people that Borgi called they were already working with Bielsa for years they played uh, the World Cup and they know they can do a great great role in this in this Copa America and we have something else uh, I think there's a historic uh, debt that Chile has about Copa America because we are one of the only three countries that never, never won Copa America. Right, surprisingly. Those are Ecuador, Venezuela, and Chile never, never won a Copa America in history. So that's a huge debt, uh, historic uh, debt that, that Chile has with this football. I mean, our football need is an it's a terrible and urgent need of uh, of a of a trophy of a cup. We need to win something. Right to reassure ourselves. The only thing that we ever got was one Copa Libertadores with Colo Colo 20 years ago. And we're still remembering that because it's the only thing that we ever, ever won. So we need something new and we need to know that we can. That's the thing. We, we don't only uh, need to feel that we can, but we need to achieve something. Yeah. And this is when. This is when we have to do it. I see. Something similar to what Spain was going through a few years ago. Just uh, like, 
How much of a factor do you think it's going to be the the fact that at least your group games are going to be based in um, San Juan and Mendoza, which is just a hop over the over the Andes? There, very close, right? Yeah, uh, I think it's it's wonderful for us because we're going to play, especially in Mendoza, we're going to be locals there. Yeah. You know, uh, many many Chileans are going to go there only for the day. You see, they can go back and forth if you go to Mendoza really, really early, and then after the game, you can immediately come back in, in the same day. So, yeah, it's going to be a Chilean invasion. Yes, uh, almost a home, yeah. home match, right? Absolutely. I don't know in San Juan. I understand San Juan, it, it's a bit uh, farther. Um, I don't think that many, many people is going to to be and to go to San Juan, as is going to happen in, in Mendoza. Yeah, we should Very explain for uh, perhaps people who have not been to Argentina or not travel around them. If you look at them on the map, they're about the same, probably yeah. the same distance. But the main border crossing is sort of a straight line between Mendoza and Santiago, isn't it? So San Juan is considerably; it takes longer to get there. Yes, yes, and San Juan is not like a popular um, touristic destination mm. as Mendoza. You see, you can go to Mendoza for only for the weekend. Um, it's like going, I don't know, from here to Viña del Mar. I mean, it's long distance, and if you have to cross the border, that makes it longer. But anyway, it's really, really close. And it's so common for Chileans to go to Mendoza that uh, this is going to be... I mean, I'm sure that the, the national team, the Chilean national team, is going to, to feel a local there in those games. So it's definitely an advantage. Are you going to be coming over for the tournament? Well, I have my accreditation. Uh, I have it. I have the, the official accreditation. And we are looking for sponsors to go. <laughs> Uh, I think in my case I'm really really close to do it because whether I'm doing I'm, I'm going with the radio or by myself with another uh, media I think it's really possible and well basically I think I'm going to I think I can make it a decree I'm going yes I'm going to Copa America uh, in Mendoza and I'm going to the final game in Buenos Aires whether Chile is there or not. Uh, so that's a kind of pod exclusive. Cecilia Lagos is coming to, to the. <laughs> Copa America. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it takes. I don't know how, but I'm going to be there. <laughs> I'm sure you find somebody to, to pay your way over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good, good luck with that. And um, we're going to have to to wrap up in, in a second, Cecilia, but before we go, yeah. who, uh, first of all, we're going to ask two questions. First of all, realistically speaking, how well, how far do you think Chile can get? And secondly, who do you see winning the tournament if, if indeed you can't see Chile winning it? You know what? Um... It's difficult to say that. Uh, probably if Bielsa was on the bench, I would say yes. I think it's pretty sure that we're going to make it to semifinals or finals. In this situation with Borgi, I don't really know what's going to happen. I think that probably it's quite uh, probable that we're going to make it to the second round. But then I don't know who's going to play against us. Yes. I don't know what kind of game, what kind of... Uh, of uh, performance we're going to have so it's really it's it's a pandora's box we don't know what's going to happen because we haven't seen we almost haven't seen this national team under Borges management so we need to see more to know what's going to happen that's the problem and who's going to win the Copa America you do you ask me yeah uh, I think Brazil has a hell of a team mm. probably Brazil and Argentina is going to try but Something tells me that they're going to die trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the pressure on Argentina as host is going to be... Yes, 
Yes. Normalness, especially with not having won anything for such a long time. Yeah, and in Paraguay, I think Paraguay can set a surprise too. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much, Cecilia. Um, that's going to be about all we've got time for. I uh, fear for the uh, for this very short kind of extra hand of pods episode. But thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you, guys. And I'm sorry about my terrible English. I'm really rusty. And I had never, never spoken about football in English, <laughs> believe it or not. Never, ever in my life. <laughs> good job. Thank you. Yeah, we are joining us. Uh, thank you, guys, and good luck. Thank you for inviting me. It's been an honor. Thank you. And a, a reminder to our listeners that in the coming weeks, we're hoping to do um, a similar show for, for Uruguay and for Brazil uh, in the next couple of weeks before we... Uh, myself, the Dans, and Seba finally get our teeth stuck into a national side we actually know something about when we're going to be doing a final piece just before the tournament starts on the Bolivian national team, yeah. no, not really, on, on Argentina. But for now, we'll say goodbye from, from Buenos Aires, from myself and from Australian Dan. Goodbye. And goodbye from Santiago de Chile, uh, from Cecilia. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Ciao, everyone.